Hi, Prince of Peace. Uh, no, I'm not stuck in Florida. Um, I woke up in the middle of the night with a fever and uh, all the feel, all the bad feelings, and I took a COVID test Saturday morning. At this morning, this is Saturday when I'm recording this, um, and I tested positive for COVID. So I'm at home. Uh, it's so funny. I managed to live in this house with two people who had COVID and not get it a month ago. And then just being a person in the world, um, got it this week. So I don't know how that happened. It feels like Murphy's law that the day, the first Sunday, Pastor Chad is on sabbatical <laughs> or in Africa and, and then on sabbatical and Jenny's first Sunday would be a day that I would get COVID. It feels just exactly like the way uh, these last couple years have gone. <laughs> um, so welcome to my home office. Um, you're at my desk facing uh, my street in Minneapolis. This is where I conduct most of my home officing from, is this desk right here. I always have a work buddy with me. He's right there. My cat Ziggy is down below, um, so he may try to interrupt this. We will just see. He's not used to me. Uh, doing recordings in here <laughs> uh, on video. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, so thank you for uh, your patience and um, encouragement as we keep figuring this weird thing that is COVID out. It is just feels like it just doesn't stop, does it? Uh, anyway, so I'm going to take the little bit of energy I have from my morning cup of coffee and use it to give a sermon uh, on video, and then I will uh, see you next week, hopefully. Um, so today uh, is Holy Trinity Sunday. If you are someone who pays attention to the pyramids, which of course, uh, if I was there in person, I would point out, like on the pulpit, it should be right there, on the altar over there, right? Um, it's the fancy church word also for adornments or decorations. Um, you maybe noticed that the pyramids were white today, which to me always means like something extra holy is happening. They were red last week for Pentecost, representing that fiery presence of the Spirit. Uh, but today, Holy Trinity Sunday is a transition Sunday of sorts, the one that moves us from this high holy day in the church, Pentecost, to the time after Pentecost, which isn't really that exciting of a way to phrase it, but also it's kind of what we got. We sometimes refer to this time after Pentecost as ordinary time. Um, in the next few months of ordinary time, our scriptures and lessons will um, represent or talk to us about the beginning of the church, the way the church operates in the world. Ordinary time, in case you're wondering, you might notice next week, but pay attention. Uh, the ordinary time pyramid color is green, uh, which is supposed to kind of represent the growth that happens in us, in others, in the church, you know, ideally. So we have this little stop first between Pentecost and ordinary time called Holy Trinity Sunday. Last week, we had our introduction in the scriptures to the Spirit, right? We've been, Jesus has been hinting at the Spirit's arrival. Last week was the arrival of the Spirit. Today, we take this little detour to celebrate the mystery of the three-in-one, the Trinity. It's a day to talk about something that almost defies talking about. I mean, 
the Trinity, right? How do you define something or talk about something that has been so fraught, caused so many fights in the history of the church? How do you talk about something that every time someone tries to define it, you're deemed a heretic and expelled from the church altogether? It happened a lot in the early church. Anytime someone tried to describe the Trinity, they would be they would be deemed a heretic. <laughs> so we're going to try not to be heretics today, but you know we'll probably skate the line just a little. Also, the Holy Trinity as a topic feels like kind of a boring, churchy thing that has almost no bearing on our day-to-day life. It's not all that inspiring to talk about how God is one, but then three, but then three in one. It's just, it's confusing. So right there, I've lost some of you. That was all it took, right? But in order to understand the Trinity, the idea that God is one God, which is foundation to our faith, we are monotheistic people. Christians are monotheistic, means we believe in one God. Um, but also shows God's self in three distinct persons. This is essential to our faith. So also essential. So those two things are held in tension, which is just the way our life is. Always holding things in tension, right? Um, the idea that the three distinct persons of God, Father, Son, Spirit, are there's images and language and are they're rooted in scripture and tradition and are not always the most helpful, right? Some scholars and theologians have tried other definitions of how to define the three distinct persons of God. There's this fancy church word that I love. You'll notice lots of pastors love this word called perichoresis, which means the sort of dance of the Trinity that they're constantly moving and acting around each other. That's really beautiful. We get invited into this dance of the Trinity um, as people of God. Lots of people love that image. But other scholars and theologians have tried to define the Trinity or try to help us understand the Trinity using other language, using poetry and descriptive language. And yes, they're probably a little a little heretical, you know. Um, but I mean, honestly, our own Lutheran tradition was founded by someone deemed a heretic. So we're just going to roll with it and say we are in good company as we try to do this. So here are some Um, three distinct persons of the Trinity that I've heard this week that I've liked. Sovereign, Savior, and Shelter. Author, Word, and Translator. Isn't that one great? Oof, as a a reader, book nerd person, I really like that one. Uh, Potter, Vessel, Holy Fire. Parent, Partner, Friend. And my personal favorite, I love this one, Majesty, Mercy, and Mystery. I love that one. I do like I do like a good alliteration. So these give us a picture of not how the Holy Trinity is distinctly three, but how it is one, which is complicated at best, an impossible mystery at worst. We believe in the three in one. Did I lose anyone? Again, I almost honestly lost me there, but my brain's a little foggy today. <laughs> Here's what I will say about the Trinity. Besides that we should all expect not to understand it, which is frankly unsatisfying, I get. But what I will say is that the Trinity is necessary. And here's why. The way God shows up for each of us is unique and wonderful and wild and free. 
And that means what I see, me, Pastor Natalia, sees and understands to be God might not be what you see and understand to be God. There are then, in my opinion, two responses to this idea. The first is to decide that God has to, needs to, is required to look the same for everyone as God does for me. Otherwise, the way I will experience God is not valid. So then we just end up shouting at each other, you're wrong, until we can't hear what the other person is saying. Or worse, we can't even see them as a child of God anymore. Been fully guilty of this, for sure. Or our other option is to decide that each way God shows up differently isn't a threat to how God shows up for us, but instead widens the scope of who God is for all of us. If we listen and remain open to the many, many, many infinite ways God works in the world and in us, and the many ways God shows up in our lives, then we begin to be aware of the presence of God everywhere. Here's an example of what I mean. Many years ago, when I still worked here, um, but was uh, in, in a different office when I was the youth director, I had a student who... Um, who had a, a family loss, a parent died. Devastating loss for a young person to lose a parent. But this student said to me, well, now I have a story to, sh- to tell at Wapo's campfire. And my heart broke a little in that moment because what they had learned was that the only stories that matter in these moments are these big sort of huge moments of, of devastation or loss or faith or, or a life altering moment was the only moment that God showing up mattered where your faith only mattered, only worked. God only showed up in these huge moments because they had never heard a story at a WAPO campfire of a counselor getting up and being like, I believe God shows up in the wind. (laughs) I believe God shows up in my best friend. I believe God shows up in the way the leaves look against the sky on a sunny day. I think when we make God show up in these specific ways, we only share the stories of the big ways. We risk losing who God is in the world. Now, listen, I for sure, 100%, 100% believe that God shows up in impossibly hard, big moments, 100%. But I also believe God shows up in so many other ways, in tiny, sometimes seemingly insignificant things and moments. When we are waiting for lightning bolts and burning bushes, when we assume our way is the right way and the only way to see God, the way we've seen God is the only way everybody should see God, Or when we talk about God in only one way, we unintentionally teach people that the only way to see God is that way. We miss the infinite number of opportunities to see and experience God in everyday life. Here's another story. During a burial this week, I was at a cemetery. Right after I had said the words, I had said that the words for breath and wind and spirit in Greek and Hebrew are all the same. Numa, ruach in Greek and Hebrew means breath, spirit, wind, all used the same ways, interchangeably in scripture. 
And then right when we said the words, the wind blows, the wind blew through our little group standing there at this graveside service. It was such a small moment and somehow it felt kind of silly and impossibly holy at the same time, like so holy at the same time. For me and for all of us, I think this Holy Trinity Sunday is a, is a time for us to ask, who am I to, to decide how God shows up in the world? We don't get to decide that. God gets to decide that, right? And so I, I want us to share these stories of how God shows up in our lives because doing in doing so, we just widen who God is for everyone else. So <clears throat> when I started thinking about this Holy Sunday, Holy Trinity Sunday, and the difficulty in preaching something that is so hard to describe, you know, I know you know, and my family is going to make fun of me because I always choose Barbara Brown Taylor, but you know I love her. I went to see what my favorite preacher and teacher had to say. So Barbara Brown Taylor had to say this about Holy Trinity Sunday. Believers throughout the centuries have tried to describe God, but very few have been satisfied in their descriptions. Their words turn out to be too frail to do the job. They cannot paint a true portrait of God because creatures cannot capture their creator. The best any of us has ever been able to do is to describe what the experience of God is like, how it sounds, how it feels, what it reminds us of. The best any of us has ever been able to do is simply confess what it is like when we are in the presence of God. The problem is that it is rarely the same experience twice in a row. Some days God is a judge walking through our lives wearing white gloves and exposing all the messes we have made. Other days God comes as a shepherd fending off our enemies and feeding us by hand. Some days God comes as a whirlwind who blows all our certainty away. Other days God comes as a brooding hen who hides us in the shelter of her wings. Some days God comes as a dazzling monarch and other days as a silent servant. If we were to name all the ways God comes to us, the list would go on forever. God the teacher, the challenger, the helper, the stranger. God the lover, the adversary, the yes and the no. God is many, which is at least one of the mysteries behind the Trinity. That faith statement is our confession that God comes to us in all kinds of ways and different from one another as they can be. The other mystery is that God is one. When we experience God in contradictory ways, that is our problem, not God's. All we can do is decide whether or not to open ourselves up to a God whose freedom and imagination boggle the mind. I love that last line. Ugh. Oh, St. Barbara. All we can do is decide whether or not to open ourselves up to a God whose freedom and imagination boggles our minds. Oh, I just love that. Believing that God is seen and experienced in many ways to many people just means God gets bigger and more beautiful and more wild and more free. It's not controllable, so it's sort of scary to let ourselves be open to this. But when we open ourselves to this kind of movement of God in the world, that world gets bigger and more beautiful and more wild and more free.
God is found in wind and water, in breath and bodies. God is found in babies and best friends. God is found in toddlers and teenagers, yes, even there. God is found in hospitals and high schools, nursing homes and nurseries, in drag shows and dive bars, in churches and campgrounds, in stars and sunshine, in pet snuggles, in hugs, in grief, in love, in all moments, in all places, in all people. The list is actually endless, and that is frustrating, very frustrating. When we limit God to being seen or experienced in just one way, or just a few ways, We only hurt our own ability to see and experience God in all their wildness and freedom. So then, as St. Barbara says, all we can really do is decide if we can open ourselves up to a God whose freedom and imagination boggles the mind. So, this is my prayer for you, Prince of Peace, on this Holy Trinity Sunday. Whether you are here in the pews or online from your cabin or your couch, or maybe like me in my bed, (laughs) whether you are watching this sick or healthy, live or later in the week, I pray this. I pray that you might experience God in their fullness. I pray that you might be willing to be open to the many ways in which God is seen and experienced in people and places and moments around you. I pray that you let yourself be wild and free like the God who created you and redeemed you and renews you. May God be gracious to you and make their face shine down. May God be gracious to you and make their ways known on your hands that work, on your heart that loves, on your mind that hopes, and on your mouth that sings. So let's sing. Amen. Okay, so did we do it? Yes. Was it was it what we thought it was going to be? I mean, no. Did I think I would be there with Pastor Jenny on her first Sunday? Yes, I sure did. Um, I just want to say thank you to Jenny for being here. I know you're here all summer and that is awesome, but also this is not what we had thought. So way to just jump fully in. You are the best. Prince of Peace, I know you will welcome Jenny with open arms and just all the kindness and graciousness that I know is in all of you. So thank you for giving her the warmest welcome this morning uh, in this weirdness that is still COVID. Oh my gosh. Um, to end, to send us on our way this morning, I have a blessing for you from uh, my friend Meta. She's pastor here in the Twin Cities at Bethlehem Lutheran Church. She's a friend of me and Pastor Jenny's, and she wrote a blessing for Holy Trinity Sunday. So, everybody take a deep breath, and here's our blessing. Let's forget for today the urge to sort God out with formula or creed. 
Let this be a field trip to dance in the throne room, to squeeze in among angels and sing with wonder that does not need proving. Let those holies resound in that shining hall and we'll smile because there is enough and mystery does not need solving, only adoration and company with the one who was and is and will be even still. Let's forget for today, we prefer knowing for certain and instead rejoice in the fullness of love. I pray that you experience God in all God's wildness and freedom out in the world as you go in peace to love and serve the Lord.